Welcome back to the Signals of Noise podcast. I'm director of audio at IMS Technology Services, Chris Leonard. Uh, today we got Michael Lawrence, technical editor of ProSound Web and Live Sound International. Uh, this, uh, I forgot to mention, sponsored by Shore and uh, brought to you by ProSound Web. How's it going, Michael? Good. That was very flashy, dude. You're getting better and better. You're up in your game. And uh, I feel like I'm going to get left in the dust here. Uh, do some voice acting and maybe I can get a vocal <laughs> coach or something. I don't know. It's all good. I, you know, all right. So here, here's the, we get some, get some fun news, right? All right. So today actually marks my three month um, anniversary of being on the podcast. So that, that's kind of cool. Welcome. Uh, Welcome. We, Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to have you, buddy. We just crossed 20,000 downloads yesterday in, in three months. That's kind of cool. Fantastic. That's excellent. Right. There, there's something more important here, though. All right. So uh, there are some people who have been listening to the podcast and putting in great suggestions to improve our lives. Do you, uh, I'm not sure if you know where I'm going with this, but uh, it's very specifically the Jason Moore episode, right? And the all day bacon. Okay. So there is this thing now, this service that you can now get all day bacon, and it is Dunkin' Donuts. You can get. No. Yes, you can get. Uh, bacon in these bags, like a bag of bacon, all day long. Oh my it's, gosh! Yes, are you not aware of this? I I was not aware of this, but there's a Dunkin' a couple blocks from my house, so I'm gonna go scope that out, man. Yes, yes. So thank you, Jason, for inspiring us all. And Dunkin' has been listening. They've answered. We have all day bacon now. Jeez, we got to get Jason uh, back on. It's interesting, Jason. For a, for a long time, a couple months, held the uh, title for um the episode with the most listens he's been sitting in the top spot the elvis spot as i call it for yeah. uh for quite a while he was finally and just barely edged out by pooch but uh jason wants to come back and defend his title so i i'm sure there's a lot more talk about bacon in the near future so so listeners hang on tight <laughs> <laughs> um yeah absolutely there's a lot of other fun things happening in the the pro sound web world um so we just launched um another podcast on our on our personal web podcast network um called church sound podcast uh samantha potter uh kicked that off uh, or you know she's the host of that and she kicked the first episode off with chris huff who uh, also has a podcast not on our network but um it's called behind the mixer um primarily you know kind of a, a church uh church sound podcast but um but uh, samantha had a great uh, first episode there so it's cool she did, and she's also Samantha has been on Signals and Noise in the past, uh, talking about her program that she's working on called Church Sound University, and they travel around to different churches in the United States, and they do a basic one-on-one level house of worship audio training, which is a really great program for anyone that has any interest in that, or if you volunteer in your church, you want to learn more, even if you don't work in house of worship audio, and you're just interested in you know kind of brushing up on the basics of audio. Um, it's a great program. It's super affordable. And I, I believe they're partnering with Alan Heath on that. So if you go to the program, you get to get some hands on time on the new Alan Heath consoles and some really good training. So definitely check out. I think the website is churchsoundu.com. Correct. Uh, yep. And the, le- take the, letter, a, the letter U. Yep. The letter U. And, and take a uh, swing by the website and see what the schedule is. And I know that they are doing six or seven of them this year, and they're hoping to do a lot more 
yeah. uh, down the road. So yeah, there's so five, 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 uh, five more cities left this year. We got Kansas, May 16th, Atlanta, August 20th, or I mean, sorry, and Atlanta in August, Dallas oh, in August as well, Raleigh and uh, Baltimore. So yeah, it's going to kind of, you know, making their way around the country for sure. And I, I would also say for folks that, you know, if you have a house of worship uh, team together and you feel like you want some training, you want to bring the program into your neighborhood, uh, hit up Samantha, go on the website, send them a drop them a line, let them know. Um, because uh, from what I've been hearing, they've all been sold out and there's been waiting lists and people just are pretty excited to go and be a part of this program. So um, I'm waiting for one to come. I think there's one in, you said Philly in October. Is that what it was? Philly. Oh, you know what? That's not on the website right now. That I thought that was one of the dates. So yeah, I, I'm, they're probably still uh, maneuvering some of the dates. So just be yeah. on the lookout for them. I'm going to try to uh, link up with one. If one of them comes, you know, reasonably close to my neck of the woods and I don't have uh, a commitment, I'm going to try to go down and do a, uh, you know, like basics 101 level of uh, test and measurement nice. uh, system alignment stuff. Just cover some of the basics of that. So uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about that as, as it comes up. Um, and today we wanted to talk about what to do with yourself, with your time, when you are in between gigs for whatever reason, if you're just in between jobs or if there's something going on in the public sphere that prevents us from working or leads to cancellations, uh, it's a timely topic. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, how to maneuver that and how to keep yourself healthy and how to keep yourself moving forward. And, uh, you know, Chris, the, the thing for me is that I, I'm my brain's very active and it's always sort of jumping around on different topics. And if I'm not working on something, I feel like I'm sort of treading water. I get very antsy. So for me, you know, if, if I have a stretch where I'm not going out and doing gigs, I have to find something technical to occupy myself with. Um, and so I'm going to share a couple of of things that I do to keep myself moving forward and, and productive when I'm in between shows. But I'm going to let you start and, and let you uh, kind of outline your thoughts on this first. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, obviously, this is a little bit timely, and we're not going to go into, uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to add to the hype of the coronavirus and things like that. But, you know, I, I am, I'm being flooded by being people contacting me with, you know, shows being canceled right now, right? So we, we want to uh, take the conversation to, yes, some people might have unexpected downtime right now, but there's always going to be downtime throughout the year. Um, and, and, and what do you do with that time to better yourself? So, um, you know, I think one of um, one of the things that comes to mind um, is, is budgeting. Um, I know, you know, I'll be you know brutally honest. It's not something I've done very well in in my, in, in my in my time. Even being a, I'm you know, I've been a, a full timer um, at a company for most of my time. Uh, I can't imagine that level of complexity being an independent contractor, right? Um, and so, it's it just good practice in life, obviously, to, to exercise budgeting and stuff. But when it comes time to be independent contractor, you know, you have to expect these waves of, of slow seasons and busy seasons, right? Um, and uh, I'll, I'll drop a link to this in the in the, um, in the show notes. Uh, but I came across um, a YouTube um, playlist uh, about the top 10 budgeting tips for independent contractors uh, by Clemco AV. He's got some good re other resources as well uh, about training, but uh, I think it's a it's a good deep dive. Everyone's got their own little situations and different ways of handling it, uh, but in general, I think uh, keeping an eye on your budgeting is a good a good thing to do. Yeah, you know, and, and one thing that I found is, you know, when even when you're in a period where you're doing well and you're bringing in income, um, you know, I try to put as much of that in, in the bank as I possibly can. I try to space out 
any purchases that I have to make. You know, I think one thing that that's really helpful is, you know, I try to cut back even if it's even if it's something like 7.99 a month for like a Netflix or a Patreon or something like that. I mean, it, you know, do I do I really need this expense right now? Um because that stuff does add up. You know, $8 a month here, $10 a month there. Um that's the difference between a couple meals when you're out working or not. So, uh, I I try to even even when I'm when I'm having a busy period and I have, you know, I have uh, income coming in semi regularly, I try to um act as if maybe I didn't. And so when when things dry up a little bit or I'm in between shows, um, you don't have to have that level of stress that like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through the week? How am I going to get some groceries? Um, so the budgeting is huge. And I think if you actually, um, one thing that I did is I logged onto my bank account uh, website and they allowed me to export the last 30 days of transactions from my account in Excel format. And when you open it up, you don't realize, oh, I spent 14 bucks on this and I spent seven bucks on this. And, and when you look at in an Excel spreadsheet, what's coming in and what's coming out, I mean, you realize, I realized that I was spending more on little things than, than I kind of, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's easy to forget about like, oh yeah, yeah. I bought a, a Powerade and a slice of pizza on break or whatever. And it, and it's, it's really easy to forget how much that stuff adds up. And so just kind of reviewing that and having that consciousness of like, oh, okay, I actually spent this amount of money when I would have guessed that I only spent half of that. And, and it sort of just helps you kind of keep tabs on what your budget situation is. And if you can eliminate a couple of things here, there, like, oh, I pay for this streaming service, but I actually don't use it. So I'm going to cancel that. Or, um, you know, maybe I'm going to bring a water bottle from home instead of buying a water bottle every day. I mean, those types of things. Um, You could just shave a little bit off here and there. And and that, that does add up quite a bit. Right. Yeah. I, this is by no means a paid sponsorship, but I, I've recently been using a program called Mint. Uh, it's a free program uh, or a free like online. Um, it links to my bank accounts. You can set all your budgets and, and basically kind of like an old school envelope system where you, you know, I, you know, this month I want to spend this much on this and this, this or this, and it breaks it up. And, and once you start getting, like you said, even just, just taking the time to go through and analyze what you're putting out each month and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> like yeah. it, it, it's, it's eye opening when you start actually paying attention to it. So yeah. Um, it's it's a good resource. Um, yep. Another thing, I mean, you know, I, I know we can we can dig into some of like the the learning side of this, right? And I think it's almost a given in your downtime. Um, but I I think something maybe people don't think about as much would be maybe diversifying the type of work you do a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Huge. Huge. And so, and like a couple areas that, 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 that this comes up, right? So, uh, in light of this current situation, um, webcasts are going to be a big thing. Right, and not everybody is used to doing webcast mixing. It, it's kind of a different thing. Um, you know, you have things like mix minus. You know, and you know some people aren't familiar with what mix minus is. Uh, so when you have a um, a far end person, you know, on, on the far end speaking, um, and they need to hear you, uh, you know, you have to send everything that's in your room to them, but without them. So you have to do a mix of everything minus them. Right? It, it sounds pretty simple for a lot of people to do it very often, but other people who have never heard of doing those types of uh, teleconferencing, video conferencing types of things. It's a slightly different mixing. You got to maybe add in audience mics so it feels natural when you're on the far end. Um, you know, so that that's an area. Um, podcast. Um, not a, you know, podcasts are obviously exploding. Um, and you don't necessarily have to be on one or part of one. You know, but you can help edit and produce. You know, I, I help a few other podcasts on the side as well. And, you know, the guys, you know, I just have a guy, uh, like a doctor. He just sends me his recorded audio files. I clean them up, I edit them up. Uh, I kind of master them and, and push them back to him. And it's just a little 
you know, just a little extra thing, think, things like that that can kind of, um, you know, create a little extra income, get get yourself a little more uh, creative. Um, maybe even, um, you know, I saw some people talking about, you know, diversifying into doing some install system tech work. You know, maybe maybe you're not the type of person uh, who wants to actually do full on installs, but um, a lot of people who maybe do installs aren't good at the system tech tuning part at the end when it comes to verifying it and tuning. And if that's something you're already doing on a daily basis from a live standpoint, maybe that's something that you can work with an install company and just be like a system commissioner. Um, and a lot of times, uh, install work is, um, at a peak season when some of maybe the rock and roll season is at its slower season. So, yeah. And let's not forget shop hours, man. I mean, there's, there's so many production companies, you know, the, the couple of handful of companies that I work with in my area, there's always stuff that has to be done around the shop. And it seems like it doesn't get done because there's always stuff coming in, going out to gigs. So, I mean, Hey, this is a great time to go through our cable inventory and label them properly and test them properly. This is a great time to get through that pile of soldering that has to be done. This is a great time to let's go sweep all these loudspeakers and make sure that they're they're all working properly. I mean, that's stuff that that a lot of companies just always have this big backlog of stuff that just is kind of boring maintenance work. Um, even reorganizing, uh, we were up at the theater last night until one a.m. and just rearranging all the stuff that was backstage and we got a lot of extra space back because there was stuff that, you know, things just kind of accumulate. And if you're going from one show to the next show to the next show, you can never really do a full reset and sort of get things cleared up. And so we put a couple extra hours in last night up at the theater and, and huge difference. And it's much cleaner. It's much easier for people to get through and get what they need. And the the gears is more organized. And so those are things that you can do when you're in between shows and talking to you know the companies that you're affiliated with, or even calling local companies and saying, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm a freelance tech. I've got some downtime. You know, do do you need a hand around the shop?" I mean, that type of stuff is huge. Yeah. Um, and I also I also throw out, you know, I'm I'm certainly not a recording studio guy, but there's a recording studio in my town, and the owners are really good friends of mine, and they're always like, "Hey, you know, can, can you come up and work on this project with us?" And it's it's very difficult because I just have so many things on my plate that it's very, very difficult for me to carve out those hours and to go up there and, and sit down. But, you know, that's something that if you're if your live gigs are are kind of at a dry spell, you have more time to do stuff like that. Um, and and I just think, you know, you said it. I mean, the first thing you said, man, versatility. Um, I, I've spent a lot of time doing gigs that are not what I would consider something I'm excited about or n- not where my passion lies. I mean, last night we rolled a dance floor, we hung lighting fixtures, we did a little bit of rigging. Um, I mean, all, all of those things, I wouldn't say I'm really excited to go do rigging. I'm not really excited to go roll a dance floor. But, you know, anytime you can do another skill like that, um, it's going to make you a more versatile employee. It's going to just increase the number of gigs that you can get. So um, just broadening your horizons. And I want to tie that into the next point that I had, which was the education stuff. Um, You know, something like a Dante certification where you can take an afternoon and just log on your computer. You can sit on the couch, throw some headphones on. Um, That's not super time consuming and it's free. So there are a lot of things that you can do to better yourself as a professional, educate yourself, even get, you know, some of these certifications um, that are out there and free, you know, the Symmetrics online has one the uh, for their composer software. Um, I believe QSC has one for their uh, for their control software that you can go and get. So these are things that you can actively be working towards a goal and bettering yourself as a technician or an engineer. 
uh, and getting that knowledge. And that stuff is going to absolutely up your, you know, what I call the curb appeal to employees. I mean, when I'm looking at someone's resume and I see they have Dante level three, right. is that more appealing to me than a tech who says they have Dante level one? Yes, it is. Even if the gig has nothing to do with Dante, because what it shows me is, yeah, this person's committed to continuing their education and to broadening their knowledge. And they're going to have a deeper understanding. If we get into something at a gig, they're going to be able to bail themselves out of it. Um, so, you know, the self-education thing is something I want to spend some time on here, but I think that's a good kind of intro to where my thoughts are going on the idea. Yeah, no. And well, and actually tying back in that shop work with the education. So I've seen some posts from um, other production companies. Um, some probably do this year round and some are maybe just taking advantage of the current situation. Um, but, uh, you know, not just uh, fixing uh, and sweeping up at the shops, but like, you know, I know um, if freelancers want to come in to you know the place where I work uh, and they want to get console time and they want to, you know, dig into the software we use for our said line array or whatever, um, you know, and it's an understanding that it's, it's, you know, it's of their own time. I'm not necessarily, you know, paying them for that training time. Um, it's only going to benefit me. Right. As a as a guy who hires freelancers or other said companies, PRG, LMG, you name it. Right. Like it's only going to help those companies if their freelancers are coming in and training. And if they are seeing that you're showing that eagerness and willingness to come in and that drive and, and dedication, I'm absolutely going to be more inclined <laughs> to take you or that person, you know, over someone who maybe doesn't doesn't maybe has shown that drive. So um, there's there's something to be said for that as well. Oh, yeah, that's a huge thing. I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of times that either the owner of the company uh, that I work with or one of the one of the techs will say, hey, I'd really like to understand this thing that I've seen you do. Or, you know, can you, hey, we've got we've got uh, six wedges and we think one of them is bad. But instead of just just figuring it out, can you show me how you would figure that out? Show me how you measure these. Show me how I mean, like you said, the line array prediction software. Um, I can't tell you the number of times I've been out in the field with a company and the tech they sent out did not really have a good understanding of the, of the of the prediction software or the the control software, and that has caused problems on shows where a change needs to be made and the tech who's responsible for the rig isn't quite sure how to do it. So this is a great time to sit down in the shop and put a couple boxes together and and you know try some things out. Um, it's a great time to up your game with your measurement software to learn your way around your measurement software. It's a great time to do stuff like, I, well, let's, let's build a cardioid subarray in the shop. I mean, these things that are just little projects that, that take an hour of your time and will just kind of enhance your, uh, your skill set. Um, you know, stuff that is hard to do in your living room, but you know, when you got a, when you got a warehouse full of gear that you can play with, uh, you can really go in and, I mean, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to build myself, a zero scene. I'm going to build myself a default scene for this mm -hmm. console that I've been using more often. So next time I walk up to it, I can load my scene and go, you know, that's one of those big things that saves me a ton of time at gigs is all of the consoles I work on regularly. I have in my wallet, a, a USB drive that has my customized zero scene. And I load that up and I can just do a throw and go from there. It's got everything set up the way I like it. And so if you find yourself, you know, Oh man, okay. I always start with a reverb in slot three. And I always like put that on a zero scene. And, and carry it with you. And, and then when you go forward, you can just load it up and start going. And, and this is a great time to go and get that shop time and do those types of things that are going to save you time later. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, I'm you know, part of like the smart user group on Facebook and stuff. And like the number one question is uh, like, oh, where can I where can I learn this stuff? And, you know, I know this, we're getting very narrow and specific here, but 
in terms of smart, you know, you know, you you obviously do do some work there as well. I I can't express how good their user manual is. Uh, the version that user guides a free PDF. It is so much more than a user manual of like this button does this and this button d- does this. Like it literally walks you through how to tune a system um from start to finish uh and so um it is the number one thing that i recommend to people when they want to learn you know system system tuning is hey read this manual and then when you're done read it again because <laughs> uh, yeah. there's so much good stuff in there yeah well, so the the guy that wrote that manual's name is kelver dayton and he's been involved with smart since version one and i consider him you know i'm saying this as a technical writer and as a technical editor who has to you know clean up other people's technical writing I consider Calvert to be the best technical writer in the audio field, hands down. Um, this guy's an absolute monster. And it's so clear the treatment is non-mathematical. And it's, like you said, step by step, it's procedural. And I think the important thing for listeners is, because a lot of people say, well, you know, I can't afford smart or I don't have access to smart. It doesn't matter. Um, right. the, the concepts that are being covered here are just general measurement theory concepts. And if you're using open sound meter or you're using SimTune or using SpectraFoo or using RoomyKey Wizard or using the RTA on your phone, the concepts that are outlined in this document that is free um, are, are super important. You know, just understanding um, the, the, the transforms that we use and understanding concepts like the phase trace and impulse response. I mean, that stuff's outlined very, very well. Um, and so this is a great time to kind of, I mean, curl up with with something like that. Um, I actually ordered, uh, when I started working with Smart, I ordered the the print copy of the manual. I ordered it on Amazon and had it sent to my house. And so that way, I could, it was great because I could highlight stuff. I could, you know, bend, bend the corners of the pages. Um, and if you take a Smart class, you will get a print copy of the manual. And it's it's awesome to have it on the shelf and just pull it out, you know. And yes, it's a, it's a PDF you can get for free. On the internet, maybe we can put a link yeah, to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely drop a link. So I feel like this, uh, the show notes of this episode, I'll, I'll, I'll just litter it with a bunch of useful links, hopefully. Uh, so feel free to check a bunch of those out for sure. Yep. And, and this is the time. I mean, I mean, who can honestly say that they've read the user manual for their console? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, so, you know, I'm, I'm a Midas user and, and I, the Midas Pro Series manual is a couple hundred pages and I have read it cover to cover. Uh, it's not an afternoon thing. It's a long-term project. But as a result of putting that time in just a little bit at a time, I mean, it could even be like, all right, doors just open and I have 15 minutes till the show starts. Um, read a couple pages. I mean, the stuff that you pick up in there, um, I read the 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 uh, SD series, Digico. I read the, the Yamaha, the CLQL stuff. There are these little nuggets that are sort of littered in to the documentation that most people that use these consoles don't know about because they just haven't dug into it. And um, you pick up these little tips and tricks that are really cool. And, and, you know, like you said, it just makes you a more versatile professional. And I don't, I don't get a lot of drive time on the Yamaha stuff. Um, the, you know, the companies in, in this area, we don't tend to see a lot of it. And so that's going to pay off on those days when I am on a Yamaha console that I don't have a lot of experience with. Um, you know, it's going to give me that little edge of familiarity. That's, that's going to allow me to work just a little bit quicker. Um, and so this is a really good time to be investing in that stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, before we jump off the topic of um, training, do you have anything else there? I, I had I, I, the uh, other bullet line I had was, was a different direction, so I don't want to derail from that. If you still had other things on, like you know, bettering yourself and learning and stuff, I think um, I think a great thing to do is pick up the phone or, or write an email. Um, you know, there's 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 a bunch of folks in 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 the field, and particularly in the system optimization and system design disciplines that have these wealths of knowledge um, 
my buddy Luke Jenks from Coda Audio, uh, Sam Fine, who uh, works for a bunch of different companies and designs DSP that goes inside loudspeakers. I mean, these guys know it's just very unique stuff that I don't know about. And so I'm known to just fire off a text message and say, hey, man, I want to ask you about X. And and you're going to get this just awesome little nugget that you wouldn't have otherwise. And so, I mean, this is a really good time. Just if you've been curious about something or you're looking to sort of learn something new about a topic that is a little bit outside the wheelhouse, pick up the phone, send an email out. Um, I'm notorious for doing that. I'm notorious for just cold calling people who I think know something cool and that I want to know about. And I have to tell you, I've been super, super surprised with the response. I mean, every single person has said, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about that. Um, let's let's set up a time to chat or let's, you know, we'll get these email chains going. Um, people are incredibly generous with their knowledge. And it's right. something that has played a huge role in my career, uh, you know, kind of both how I got my start and and where I want to go going forward. And it's very, very much due to the generosity and the knowledge of, of the folks around us. And I think that shouldn't be undervalued. Yeah. So, well, I, yeah. I think the, the, fl- the flip side of that too, though, is like, Hey, you know, if you're, uh, you, you've spent some time in this industry and you have a wealth of knowledge in an area, um, reach out and give back. Um, I mean, you know, if you, whether it's, whether you're at a company, whether you're a freelancer or whatever, take some time to give back and, and, and pour your knowledge, you know, into someone else, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, there is no such thing as trade secrets um, in terms of like keeping them for myself so that I can I can have the advantage over you. Right. Like uh, we should all be willing and wanting um, to to just make audio better, <laughs> you know, make this industry better and make the next generation better than 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 the previous. So um, take the opportunity to kind of pass that along. Yeah. Well, I think I think it was Sir Isaac Newton. He said uh you know, if I've seen further than others before me, it's because I've been standing on the shoulders of giants or something like that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, that's very true for me. You know, uh, most of everything, I think everything that I know, I mean, no one sat down and you don't start from, from zero on this. You don't reinvent the wheel. Um, and I, I've just, you know, my knowledge is just this compendium of stuff that, that generous people have taught me. And so I, you can't hoard that, you know, there's, it's not mine to hoard. Um, so there is, there's a famous Richard Heiser quote where he was presenting uh, some research that he was doing, you know, and he said, um, it pains me to give away in 10 minutes what took me five years to gather or something like that. And there is an element to that where you're like, wow, it took me uh, so long to figure this out. And you sort of feel like, okay, well, I'm just giving away the all the secrets here. But, you know, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's, that's part of how it works. And that's part of how I learned what I know. And, and, you know, I want to spread that and, and get that question or get that comment. I want someone else to come back and say, you know, I was thinking about what you said. And what if you do this? And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. So, I mean, this is this is how we all get better. Um, and it's really important to me to sort of have that dialogue. And so I think this is this is, you know, it's again, it's a great time to, to just pick the yeah. phone up and, and call somebody and, and just have a chat, you know. If you if you, a good test, if you really want to know how well you know something, Try, yeah. to te- try to teach someone that thing and you'll find out very quickly either how well you do or don't know yep you know yep. so i mean you know that's that's a good litmus test of how well you know what it is about whatever topic you're going to talk about or teach is um how well you can actually communicate that to someone else so that's a good you know it's a good introspective test for yourself yeah i mean that's i mean that's that's really the the great equalizer if if you will um it, you know, I'll do that to my apprentice all the time. I'll call her up and say, uh, what's the coherence trace? 
and you know watch her kind of flounder a little bit until and the first three times i did that to her she like was like uh you know because she knows what it is she knows what it does she knows how to use it in in her work but when you try to explain it to someone you realize like where those gaps are and and kind of where you might be foggy and so now she just she's got it but i had to you know it's it's sort of that kind of coaching idea of you know i'm going to ask you these questions to see where your brain is at on them and how deeply you really understand these things. Because if you can then explain it to me and make me understand it, then it's like, okay, you get it. And you know, the other side of that is, can I explain this to my mom? Can I explain this to someone? No, <laughs> I mean, really someone yeah, yeah, who has yeah. no technical background, yeah. a layperson. Um, what was really interesting is I was out uh, visiting one of my friends on, on tour and uh, Daniel Ramirez, he's a, a production manager, tour manager, front house guy. He's uh, out with the, the Wood Brothers right now. Great show. They just came through the Palace in Albany. And um, I went out there to see him and uh, kind of go over some cool stuff with him. And we had set up some SPL monitoring. And, um, you know, the way that him and I talked about it, and then when one of his artists came up, and the way that he explained it to them was totally different. And that's 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 the sign to me of someone who truly understands what they're explaining, the way that they can immediately kind of present an explanation in terms that make sense to the person who's asking. Um, it's huge. And it's very difficult to do if you don't truly understand that what you're talking about. And so that's a huge, that's a huge thing is, you know, uh, you know, I'll do it all the time to my girlfriend, you know, she'll say like, well, what did you work on today? Um, and if it's like a new smart feature, or I was down in the basement testing something, and I figured something out. Um, if I can get her to understand that, or if I get my mother to understand that, you know, um, someone who doesn't have the audio engineering background, um, that's quite a challenge. And so I would, I would challenge people to try to explain to your family what the coherence trace is, or explain to your family, um, what a transfer function is, or explain to your family what decibels are. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. can, if you can get them to nod and go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that, that's, that's a really good way to cement your own understanding. So that's a great point, Chris. I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. So uh, something else that um, this in, in thinking through these times and what to do and uh, maybe some things that have helped me in the past, um, early on when I started touring, um, I had the idea of uh, working um, stagehand calls or utility calls um, for the sole purpose of, I mean, sure, to make a few extra bucks when I you know wasn't touring or I was back home. But aside from that, um, I wanted to see two, two things. I wanted to see what it was like to be on the other side, if you will. Right. Um, um, I, I wanted to see maybe like how other uh, engineers or system techs were doing things. Right. And by being on the other side, I mean a couple of things. Right. So, A, I wanted to see how people are packaging things, how people are looming things, how people are labeling things, all those things. And, and what I could take from that to better myself, to better my process. The other thing I wanted to see what it was like was um, managing a crew. Right. So I, I wanted I wanted to see both the good, bad and ugly of, hey, this guy is leading the crew well because he's doing this. He gave me this type of direction. Right. Um, I tried to not think ahead of whatever the system tech was going to tell me to do. I was like, OK, I'm just going to take his direction and then think about how when I'm on tour and I'm trying to give stagehands direction, how am I coming across? How clear and concise am I am I doing things? Um, you know, and I, I, I never forget, like one of like the early nuggets that stuck with me uh, was um, something as simple as saying, OK, I'm giving my my stagehands their their briefing of like, all right, here's like the first five steps we're going to do as soon as we start loadout. Right. Or, or and this could even be during load in as well. And it's like, OK, at, at, at any given time, if you are done X, Y and Z project, 
and you have nothing else to do, you come to this spot and I'll come back and get you. Right. Like having that central meeting spot of, as opposed to like, just wondering like, where are my guys at? You know, right. like just like little tips like that. And just trying to, um, I like to do a lot of introspective thinking, right. And try to think about how, what I'm saying to someone is translating. So you almost have to do like an out of body experience and just, and the way to do this, I try to tell people, watch other people's interactions, right? Watch, watch a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And try to figure out how well that was communicated, how they maybe could have done it differently or what they were actually trying to convey and how it was received. Um, and then try to internalize that to yourself in the way that you're communicating um, to, to your people. So, um, yeah, it's just it, take, taking the time to uh, think about how you're communicating and how you're translating. Well, that's a great, I mean, that's another great point. And one of those things where if I'm working with, with hands, uh, sometimes you get a hand who hasn't, doesn't have a lot of experience or, you know, if something ends up that it's done wrong, I always have to look at, did I present this incorrectly? Was I unclear? And so one of the first things I say when I'm working with hands who I have not worked with before is if something I say doesn't make sense to you, if I use a term you're not familiar with, if I explain it and you feel like you don't understand what I just said, ask. I'm, you know, no one ever got fired for asking for clarification. Um, please ask. And a lot of times that is completely on me for using a term that, that I shouldn't have used because I assumed that people knew what it meant when they didn't. And that's not fair of me. Or I, you know, it makes sense to me because I've done it a thousand times, but it, maybe there were some pieces missing that, that that person needed to hear in order to, to understand what I was saying. And so, you know, a lot of times that comes down to, I didn't communicate properly. Um, I, I tend to talk pretty quick. You know, that's something that I have to work on. Same um, here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I'm pretty, I try to be pretty upfront with, with, with hands and say, you know, if you have a question, if you have a comment, if there's something that, that you don't understand, please let me know, please, please tell me and ask for clarification. I will be happy to explain that to you better. And I'll be happy to clarify what I said. Um, I think that's important. And, you know, the other thing that I wanted to throw out there is you said, you know, going to just work on a labor call once in a while. Um, I did a gig last year about, actually it was about a year ago. Um, and uh, I got a call from the the gentleman who runs the production company locally that, that I do a lot of work with. And he said, hey, um, they're going, these guys are going out to this venue and they need one extra, one extra guy. Will you go? I said, yeah, no problem. And I, I had no context. I don't know what the event is. I don't know what I'm going to be asked to do. Usually when I'm going out to a venue, I've got my audio tool set. You know, I'm, I'm I'm expecting to be measuring a system or mixing something. Those are, you know, the two reasons that you would generally call me. Um, but I didn't know what was happening. And so it ended up being loading out after a big arena event and, you know, building building the next arena event. And so you have trucks coming in and trucks going out and trust being unbolted and video screens coming up and down. And I realized, wow, I am like the noob with all of this stuff because I've never hung at that point. I was like, I never hung a video screen. Or I've never worked with this model of video screen. And I mean, I, I'm not familiar with how these this company wants their or trust to go together, um, the way they lay their carts out, the way they're doing their power distribution was all new to me. And so I think it's it's pretty important to sort of just reality check yourself. And even if you go, yeah, look, I'm a broadcast mixer and I'm really good at broadcast mixing and I'm very comfortable at it and people call me because they know I do a good job. Well, all of that's gone when your job is to hang this video wall and <laughs> yeah. you have not done it or your job is to do some RF coordination on these mics and you've never done it. All of that evaporates in an instant and it re- it's a pretty important to kind of feel that 
oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. And you're sort of looking around to see how everyone else is doing it. And that, that feeling of, hey, I feel like I'm sort of missing out here on something and I feel a little bit helpless and I feel a little bit, you know, vulnerable and I don't, I don't have a clear idea of what's supposed to be happening. I think it's important to feel that, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. remember how that feels. And so yeah. I really let that guide when I am running a crew or I have people working with me to, to remember how that feels and to make sure that I'm not making them feel like that unnecessarily and make sure they feel like they're part of the team and they're not left out and they don't feel like a big dummy. You know, no one wants to feel stupid. Yeah. Um, and, so, well, and so getting hands on that stuff for the first time, that's also, that helps me, you know, now that's, that's one more thing that I've done and one more thing that I've got some experience with. Yeah. And it, and it's part of, you know, uh, possibly a progression in your career in that, you know, not everyone may stay, you know, and this is a primarily an audio podcast, but I mean, you know, not everyone might stay just as an audio engineer, you might move me into like, a, you know, a TM or PM or a stage manager or other, other aspects, a, a production manager for, um, you know, an AV company or something like that. And being, being able to be rounded in all the other aspects of the show or, uh, or whatever the type of, you know, you know, production you're working on, um, and not just so narrowly focused, you know, so that that's, again, it just, it could be the next uh, stepping stone of the growth in, in, in your career for sure. Um, the other thing, uh, um, the last big thing, uh, in terms of downtime now, this, this should be probably in my opinion, you know, year round. Um, but maybe it's a time to focus on it would be, uh, like networking and getting more work. Right. Um, and, um, you know, that's something obviously that should be ongoing, but it's something to think about. Like there's, you know, yes, we live in the day and age of social media, right? And, you know, uh, specifically LinkedIn, um, I know primarily has kind of been a corporate world, but I, I've been seeing it grow uh, in the rock and roll world as well. Um, and it is, uh, the platform has changed um, the types of people, the types of content that's on there. Uh, it's a really good place uh, to network engage. I know I can speak personally, you know, as a guy who um, hires freelancers all over the country, I heavily rely on LinkedIn for a couple things. I kind of use it as a Rolodex of like, um, you know, hey, I got to go to Phoenix this week um, and I need an A1 and I can I can literally search Phoenix and search audio engineer and I got 20 people there that I can then see. Um, I can then kind of see tabs on, you know, as people are posting kind of the work that they're doing. Um, I like, okay, I see that this person is is kind of working these level types of shows. And so even I may never worked with them before, but as soon as I go to that city, like, oh, okay, I've seen X person has been doing this, 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 and this. I feel kind of comfortable putting him on a show having never actually worked with him before. Um, so taking the time to kind of build that up and some people aren't comfortable with it and I get that, uh, but it's definitely something to be, uh, to, to consider for sure, um, is, is rounding, rounding out that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and I kind of like, I don't do social media. I don't have any social media account on Facebook or any of that stuff, but you know, LinkedIn. You, you really, do like, you do LinkedIn guy. That's social media. It's, it's not social media. It's, 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 it's a, it's a professional networking site, sir. Where this is a higher class, you know, okay. it's, a, it's, a, right. it's a black tie establishment. You, you, you do, uh, you. So, <laughs> um, you know, to me, I, I, I legitimately like sharing what I'm working on. I think it's fun to kind of say, Hey, here's, here's my office for the day. Um, and, and it's really cool to keep track of, you know, my friends around the world and see where, where they are and what they're doing. And I really do enjoy that. Um, the, the last thing that I want to touch on, and I think it's, it's super important and it's something that, that I know I struggle with a lot to prioritize. And I think we could all probably do a better job of it, except for Kyle, Kyle's on top of it. Um, keeping yourself healthy. And I'm not talking about getting a virus. I'm talking about, are we getting physical activity? Um, are you taking breaks mentally? And, you know, for me, when I'm working a gig, 
um, I'm very physically active. You're pushing boxes and I'm climbing ladders and I'm running cables. And so you're moving around a lot. And, and when you're not working, that goes away. And so you sort of have to go more out of your way to be physically active and to say, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go for a walk, or I'm going to try to go for a bike ride, um, you know, to, to keep yourself up to the same level of physical activity that you are doing when you're working. Because, you know, my joke is I don't go to the gym, I go to the theater. Um, you know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm active in that way. And in between gigs, um, you might not be. Um, so I think that's really important to, to stay physically active and to stay physically fit. And I'm not talking about being Kyle and going out and killing it at the gym necessarily, because that's not, (laughs) you know, that's not me, but, but I do make sure that I am, I'm not just sitting, I'm going, I'm getting, uh, you know, uh, if I got to make a phone call, I'll, I'll walk around the block while I, while I make a phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love riding bikes. Uh, just go out and get some sun. And that, that really keeps your brain sort of, you know, in the right spot. And, and, you know, sometimes breaks are really good. I, I tend to just kind of drill down on something until I finished it. And so I'll just not come up for air for days at a time if I'm working on something. And that that's, you have to be careful with that The level of focus. You have to give your brain a break to sort of reset, to refresh, um, so this, you know, it's, it's part of this is take some time to call your family, take some time to watch a movie that you've been wanting to watch or read a book that has nothing to do with audio, play some Xbox, whatever it is. You know, I think that little kind of mental battery recharge is super important. And it's going to mean that when you do go back to work, you're going to be recharged, you're going to be effective, you're going to be focused and productive. And, and those are the kind of people I want to work with. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, that means I have to talk to people. I don't like people. No. <laughs> that's you know what? That's I was joking with my buddy David, who uh, runs monitors for me a lot. Uh, that's why uh, he does the monitors. I I do front of house. Yes, I hundred percent agree. Hundred <laughs> agree. Keep me away from the audience. I I I, uh, I went out recently to see a buddy of mine. Um, oddly enough, his name is Chris Leonard as well. He was mixing for uh, uh, Russell. Did you Dickers. battle to the death with? Yeah. <laughs> And but anyway, so you know, he makes a front of house, and like it was like you know, I'm hanging out in front of house for a good bit of the show in the, you know an arena or whatever, and it's like, man, now I remember why I love doing monitors on tour because I don't like all these people out here. Like I, I like I like being behind that barricade, behind the fence. I got the people mm-hmm. that I know back there, but yeah, no, it's but uh, no, I I agree. Spent you know um, taking some time with some you know family and friends reading a book, yeah, exercising a part of your brain that you don't use every day uh, with, with a job. I know I am, I, you know, I'm a workaholic because you know, like audio is my passion. So it's all that I want to do. So my, my, my fun time is doing more audio stuff and it's very hard for me to kind of break that cycle and just do something else. But it's, it's, you're right. It is, uh, it's definitely so worth the time for sure. Yeah. I got a uh, I got a golf game for my Xbox, um, and what's cool about that is I call my dad and he he'll come and play with me, um, and you know he doesn't you know what I found is my parents they don't generally do too well with the controller aspect and what button is what so the golf game is really nice because it's, it's turn based and there's no rush and he can take time and line and shot up and and so that's that's really nice kind of decompressed time you know yeah. to just kind of mm-hmm. hang out with my dad and and have a drink and and play some golf on the Xbox and just talk um that's 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 good stuff and so i i just i think that this is a good time if you're in between work you know there are a lot of things that that you know i'll be honest there are a lot of things that i should be doing more regularly that i always find myself saying well i can't do it today cuz I, I have a gig i can't do it today cuz and then never gets done um you know, or I really should, I really should reach out to so-and-so and, and say hello. And I should give this person a call. Um, those things tend to slip through the cracks. And so if you're between gigs, take, take an afternoon 
and just do a couple of those things or, Hey, I got to get my oil changed. I mean, the stuff that, that we tend to put off that just, you know, kind of we forget about. Um, and I think mentally checking a couple of those things off your list can feel really good and it can really help with your motivation levels too. So, you know, that's, I think that's where I would leave this conversation is, is don't forget, you know, the human element, um, below all of this, you have to be taking care of yourself, you know? Absolutely. Yep. And so, um, yeah, last thing I'll close out with too is that, you know, I know Michael doesn't do social media, but there are plenty of you all who do. And so we, we did create, um, uh, a Facebook group, uh, just cause it's the easiest place to kind of have a group and, uh, a signal to noise podcast group, a uh, bunch of you already in there. I appreciate that. Uh, we definitely want to create a space, um, to kind of connect with y'all and and you know create dialogue about you know the topics that we're talking about we want to see pictures from the road see the stuff that you're working on you know ask questions all those things uh a place for you know to kind of find mentors stuff like that so uh if you would if you're on facebook you know feel free to uh singleton noise podcast group um and jump in there let's um let's, let's grow that community yep absolutely and and if anyone is on on linkedin you know chris and actually all three of us kyle's on there i don't think he checks yep. it very often but <laughs> me, me chris and myself are, are quite quite active on there and it's really cool to to see what people's gigs are and and you know to see those pictures come in and i i, I chris and i both tend to put up some pictures of what we're working on and it's pretty cool i really enjoy that so uh definitely say hi to us you know and and as always signal number two noise podcast at gmail.com um please reach out please tell us what's going on we had um uh, uh we got a message from uh one of our listeners scott who was himself a guest on an audio podcast uh this weekend and he sent me a link to what he was talking about and i listened to it and i really enjoyed it and i learned some stuff about broadcast audio that i didn't know so scott thank you for sending that man um and uh yeah you guys uh let us know what you're what you're up to and how you're coping with your gig schedule or you know your dry spells and uh don't hesitate to reach out and say hello to us um yeah i think that's that's pretty cool huh all day bacon don't forget all day bacon baby we're gonna do it so uh well jason moore we'll get you we gotta get jason moore back on uh, i'm waiting for train to post their tour dates for the summer and uh i'm gonna try to go out and meet up with jason again so uh we'll, I'll, maybe i'll bring him some i'll bring him a bag of bacon from duncan yes. <laughs> Buckets, buckets of bacon, <laughs> a bacon bucket. <laughs> All right, Michael. All right, Chris. I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks Bye, everybody man. for listening, and uh, you know, keep in touch, and we'll talk soon. Bacon, bacon. <laughs>